0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: Joining us now on the Schneider Orange Hotline, our good buddy Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette here. You can find him at Wood over there on Twitter. Ryan, how you doing?
0: Doing great, Bill. How's it going?
1: I'm doing well. So all the talk is about Antonio Brown possibly coming back and the fact that the Seattle Seahawks have a sincere, at least reported, interest in him. They're a 5-0 and team that is trying to hedge their bets. And, and the talk this morning that I've been discussing is you basically, as a Green Bay Packers organization, you started the clock on a three-year process to get Jordan Love up to snuff. And don't you then feel that there's a necessity to push your chips to the middle of the table and kind of go for it while you have Aaron Rodgers uh, and still playing at a high level? Do you feel that the Packers should be out there looking either for a wide receiver, a linebacker, and or both right now?
0: Sure. I don't think it should be Antonio Brown. I mean, if it's not going to work in New England, where's it going to work first of all? And this is a team where you've seen historically the less is more mentality. And, and, and this is a team that's just not going to be welcome to the distraction. So can Antonio Brown ball? Absolutely. He's a tremendous talent. There's uh, nobody doubts that he's a hall of fame type talent, but there's a reason why very solid locker rooms around the NFL have not been able to make it work with this guy. And I just don't see the Packers acquiring or, or, or being, being benef- benefiting from, from taking
1: on that type of uh, a case. I'm not advocating for Antonio Brown because I I tend to agree with you. But there's rumors out there that now Julio Jones is talking about getting out of of Atlanta and maybe you might be able to find another wide receiver or two in a trade. And that's one of the things that I think, you know, look, I would love to see the Green Bay Packers or hear the Green Bay Packers name attached to something like that saying, hey, yeah, we're trying to get better. And um, to the eyeball test, I mean, I, I don't care how much they sit inside the walls of twelve sixty five and say, We're good and we believe in the guys we have and that's great. But to the eyeball test, to you, me and everybody else on the outside looking in, I, I think you're sitting with the same question marks that we had at the beginning of the draft, and that was wide receiver and linebacker. Those two those two places. Now you p- tried to pick up Funches, yes, but right now you're sitting there going, Okay, if we are indeed a team that is going to be twelve and four or thirteen and three, don't you push your chips to the middle of the table to say we need that one or two guys that are just going to kind of make us make us that much better.
0: See, that I I certainly agree with you on that, Bill, It's and it's a new day here in Green Bay, right? This GM, if there's a good deal to be made out there on the open market, you feel relatively confident that Brian Gutekind is going to go out and be aggressive and make the deal he needs to make, uh, whereas in the past with Ted Thompson, he did not feel that way at all, so it's different. With that said, it's got to be the right deal, and... Going back to the spring, Brian Gutekunst has been nothing but consistent with how he feels about this receiving core, believing that there's a lot of talent that's untapped potential that, that can be reached with from within and, and that that kind of improvement can be internal. And I mean, think what you want of it, but they've been consistent with their message on that. So I, I don't think that they're going to necessarily stretch to make a move that isn't there. Um, I don't think that they really need to stretch to make a move that isn't there. But if there's a move that can make this this team better – by all means, that I don't think they'll hesitate to do it. I, I think that's the approach this front office has taken, really since Brian Gudekins took over the football operations. And receiver, even even when the offense was, was dominating through the first four games, I, I think anyone that watched those first four games could see that there's still a lack of juice at the receiving core. There's still a talent discrepancy, especially behind Devontae Adams. This offense is built on its backfield. It's built on the run game it doesn't really have the explosives on the perimeter of the field. And so if they can add that, by all means, I think that they jump in, especially if it's a good locker room fit. But those guys what, are hard to get, and, and, and that's, that's the difficulty in inquiring those guys, especially the good locker room fits.
1: What I said at the beginning of the season was, I believe, especially after the first couple of games, that I believe this team can score points. But if this team gets down by double digits or more, and needs to come back, they have one half of football to play to come back to get two, three scores, do they have the horses to do it? It's great to have a ball control, dink and dunk, be able to get downfield and then eventually take a couple of shots type of offense when you have the lead. But it's playing from behind that concerns me. And that came to pass. We saw that against Tampa Bay. They didn't have a lot of uh, wherewithal to be able to do that. And, and you, you know, people say, well, you didn't have Tyler Irvin. Is your, is your offense predicated upon Tyler Irvin? I mean, come on. You need another guy alongside Devontae Adams that's going to be consistent and also going to draw looks so you're not putting double teams on Devontae, stacking the box to stop Aaron Jones and let everybody else try to beat you. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I, I, think, I think Matt LaFleur was even surprised at how much drop-off there was at schematically not having Tyler Irvin. On the field, I mean, they, they tried to replicate the same things by having Aaron Jones do a lot of those jet motion stuff and and having him share the field with Jamal Williams as more of the true tr- traditional running back, and it it just didn't look the same. Um, so yeah, I there, there's no question that at some point they're going to run up against a defense that can load the box, can get can get after the quarterback with four maybe five, and can roll coverages to Devontae Adams. I mean, that's basically what the Bucs did, right? At some point, again, that's going to happen. They have to have a better answer for that when it does.
1: So let's talk a little bit more about uh, David Bakhtiari, the offensive line. That's another area of concern right now. And he didn't really say much uh, the other day when he was on the local station out of Milwaukee. He just said uh, he sore and didn't say anything really after that. My guess is not practicing. We probably won't see him this week. Uh, so, therefore, how does that line start to shake up?
0: Well, the, David Bakfiari is the one guy not named Aaron Rodgers that this
1: team could not afford to lose, and it's very
0: simple why. They, they don't have a backup. They don't have a backup for David Bakfiari. They don't have another left tackle on this on this roster, and Rick Wagner showed that pretty quickly, right? I mean, he, he's, he, he's played fine at right tackle when he's played this season, but he's not a left tackle. Billy Turner has played a little bit of left tackle in his career always struggled on the left side he he he's a right side guy so you know it's just it's it's one of those weeks where you don't really have a true left tackle if David Backferr doesn't go and it's it's one of those weeks you, you you really would prefer not to have someone like JJ Watt on the other side of the line of scrimmage because someone like JJ Watt can he, he can take advantage of that so um, it's going to be really interesting to see how they line up. Uh, this, it's certainly not a, a, a good position for this offensive line to be in. With that said, this is a medical staff and the head coach that have really taken the, the big-picture approach to injuries with everybody. And I would expect that if David Bakhtiari, if there's any question about his health here in Week 6, they're going to be thinking more about Week 16, Week 17, and the
1: playoffs. Uh, talking with, by the way, Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press Gazette joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Now you start to go down that list, uh, you know, Jair Alexander, no problem. He's still listed on the injury report with that hand and the knee. Uh, but then you start to look at Kevin King. He was back. He was limited. Do you think he's more likely to play this coming weekend?
0: Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see today when when, when they're in pads um, inside the Don Hudson Center, what, what Kevin King is able to do. Um, certainly the fact that he was back at practice and he, he had the, the weekend off this past weekend, it, it, it certainly would, would lend itself to having a higher percent chance of, of him returning. It's just, it's so hard to say right now, being on a Thursday, what, what, what his real chances are. What we know it's, Same for David Bakhtiari. What we know is that they're not going to risk anything. Um, This is a team that wants its players to be fresh and healthy for December, so they're not going to risk anything in October.
1: Preston Smith, there's been a lot of talk about him. He's got a shoulder injury. He was limited this week or limited yesterday. But is the questions warranted in the way they're using him? Do you feel that he is just – I don't want to say there's a regression there or – you know, but there is, statistically, there's a regression there. Do you feel that right now the the eyeballs watching Preston Smith more closely right now are warranted?
0: I think there's no question there's a regression there. He had twelve sacks last year and he's got a half sack through five games. Early in the season, he, he was he was dropping a little bit more, but, but Preston Smith when I, I asked him about this last week and and he was he took accountability. He said against Atlanta, against New Orleans he didn't really drop all that much more. It it was very similar last year. He had a lot of pass rush opportunities, and the bottom line is that Preston Smith isn't getting home. And if you look at Preston Smith historically throughout his career, it ebbs and flows. He's got that eight-sack season, four sacks, eight-and-a-half, four. It it goes up and down, and and that's kind of what we've seen here through two seasons or one season and five games with Preston Smith, 12 sacks last year, a half-sack This year, and it's it's just a big difference. It can't be any more simple, though. He's he's not getting home. He's he's had the opportunities. He's not getting home on the pass rush, and, and if you're the Packers, you expect that that changes sooner than later.
1: How is the uh, the defensive front? I know Tyler Lancaster with the shoulder not practicing. Um, I, I still think they have a little bit of depth there. It's not outstanding depth. But give me your thoughts on the defensive front right now. Because when you look at it as a whole, it's got to be a unit that's get, getting pre- – and, and now you've got a very, very mobile quarterback in Deshaun Watson coming up. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a unit that not only has to cut off cutback lanes but has to get pressure and has to collapse a pocket.
0: Yeah, you know uh... – it wasn't a great setting for Kenny Clark to return after missing a month, and all of a sudden you have 90 degree temperature in Southwest Florida. So it'll be interesting this week, um, you know, when, when Kenny Clark is not playing 41 snaps for the first time in a month in, in that kind of heat. How much better the, the the defensive line looks on the indoor track in Houston. Um, with that said, there's there's some guys behind him that that have shown some potential. montregis Adams has had a couple decent moments uh kingsley kiki obviously has had some some decent moments um nobody though that that has really stepped up and grabbed that that secondary interior pass rusher role that the packers have been lacking for a while now um and and so i think that the search is still on for that consistent guy but there's no question that that getting getting kenny clark back is a huge help for that
1: ryan good stuff as always and uh, we'll touch base later in the week okay
0: All right. Take care, Bill. Appreciate
1: it, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. That is uh, Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. Joining us for a couple of minutes on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They're going to treat you fair. 80-plus years they've been doing it. Call them. 844-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.